This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And uh, here we are once again. Uh, glad you can join us here for the Employment Law Show. You want to reach out in need time. Here is the number 604 9898. I know still troubled by the CERB and, uh, and EI and uh, COVID-19 and all that stuff that's still happening, still confusing people because the, uh, the, you know, the benefits and the rules are changing every day. If you have questions, uh, personal questions or for a friend or a colleague when it comes to any of those matters, bring it on. Call the number. We're here for uh, about the next hour, give or take a little less. 604-280-9898. You want to reach out by, uh, Email that is uh, that's a good option as well. Simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. And in between the phone calls, we're going to get to a few topics, and uh, one of them being mistakes employers make because well they just don't know any better. But we will enlighten them. If you're an employer listening, you'll be uh, you'll be glad you heard some of this tonight. But uh, week that was is always where we start, pal. You continue to be incredibly busy. I am incredibly busy, and and in the best way possible. What I mean by that is. I have the, the the ability and the privilege to answer questions and hopefully uh, help navigate people through this maze of rules and mm-hmm. benefits and entitlements that uh, we're dealing with right now. So if you have any questions about your situation, about what you're owed, take advantage of the fact that we're here till five o'clock today and answer and, and call and give me the chance to answer those questions. Maybe it's about the CRB and if you qualify, or the difference between CRB and EI, or the new student benefit that the government announced, yeah. or maybe. You have a question about your layoff and it's le- if it's legal and what happens if you call get called back or don't get called back or your severance, whatever that is, give us a call right now. Let's chat about it. Let me answer some questions. And of course, if if you don't want to get on air, that's okay as well. Not a problem. You still get an opportunity to ask questions. We'll give you my email address, my phone number, so that we can have that chat more privately. But I wanted to mention one matter right off the bat. Uh, this is a matter that got some media attention. I, I actually uh, spoke to the media a bit about this, but in, it involves HBC, the yep. Hudson's Bay Company. And what they did, and this is just not right, John, but what they did is they announced a pay cut to their employees, and they said, we're going to give you this pay cut because we want to keep you employed. Right, So you need to take this pay cut so that we can keep everyone employed. Well, whether that's legal or not, let's forget about that. But that's what they said. <laughs> so they implement the pay cut. But wouldn't you know, 24 hours later, they let these individuals go. They let them go. Uh, so this is despite the fact that they told them we're going to give you the pay cut so that we don't have to let you go. But it yeah. gets worse. When they let them go, they say, here's the severance we're going to give you. But the severance is now calculated based on your reduced pay that we implemented yesterday. So that's it is brutal, but it's also illegal. Now, first of all, if they knew when they give the pay cut that the next day they're letting them go, they should not have done the pay cut. That's bad faith. But beyond that, when you let someone go in a situation like this, you have to compensate them based on their full salary. You can't say, well, I'm going to take advantage of this pay cut and pay you less. So for for them, for anyone else out there, if you are experiencing a pay cut right now, first of all, I want you to make sure your employer knows that if you're agreeing to it, you're only agreeing to it on a temporary basis. Make sure they know that. Make sure you say that and put that in writing. Email works fine. And if you are unfortunately let go, remember, they're going to then have to pay your severance based on your full salary. If you have any questions, any concerns, any issues whatsoever, give me a call. 
That uh, number, by the way, when we're not on the air, 604-283-3123. Never mind being let go as the second step. That first step was a 25% haircut. That's enough for constructive dismissal right there. Well, right off the bat, the employees could have said, no, I'm not accepting that. Sorry, uh, employer, but if you're going to do it anyway... I'm going to treat that as a termination, as a constructive dismissal. Because despite the pandemic, despite COVID-19, an employer still does not have a right to impose a significant pay cut, usually anything more than 10%. So it's a constructive dismissal if you want it to be. Nice. Uh, 604-280-9898. That is the number to reach out and uh, and call in this afternoon. Fred, you're uh, you're first up. How are you? Oh, hi. Hey, thanks. Hey, I got uh, self-employed. And I just I just received my last uh, my my real last uh, portion of the, of a contract I was working on, and all my other jobs are shut down, and I'm I don't know if there's any more new jobs. So technically, I'm currently unemployed, I guess, or homeless, or home or unemployed anyway. So and I've earned more than five thousand bucks in the last twelve months, uh, but I don't know if uh, if I qualify for this because. You know, because I owe the Revenue Canada guys uh, some money from last year. So that's a great question. So here's the thing: you you are uh, able to to get the CERB, okay? Mm-hmm. So you are able to get it, even though you may have some unresolved tax issues. Yes, you do get it if you're not earning income or you're earning a thousand dollars or less. And if you earn more than five thousand last year, you you do qualify for the CRB and you can apply for it. You're also qualifying in BC for the BC uh, Emergency Benefit for Workers, which gives you an extra $1,000, uh, well, but it's a one-time I'm, fee. It's not, I, don't it's have not any, a, I don't have any workers. I just, I don't have any employees. Okay, so for you, it That's would just me. be the CRB. Okay, so yeah. you qualify for the CRB, uh, and uh, you, you can apply for it right away. Wow, okay. All cool. Right. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it. Uh, Going to move on here. You need more uh, more help, more information? No problem. 604-283-3123. That's to get a hold of Lior directly. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of the show, to call us on the air, just like Fred did, uh, 604-280-9898 is the way to do that. Moving on to uh, Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi there. Um, I'm actually calling um, on behalf of my daughter. Um, she's 16. And she's been working the last couple years as a coach for um, basically a summer club for swimming. Um, But she, all her work has been under a contract. So she has a contract for the fall and winter, which ends this week. And then she was going to have a new contract starting in May um, for the entire summer, which has historically been what her job is for the last few Mm -hmm. years. Um, so I'm just wondering if anything applies to her because um, she's trying to save for university and and how she goes about that if it does apply to her. Excellent question. Now, you said she was going to have a contract starting in May. How does she know that she would? Is it just because that's what's happened in the past or because they've told her before COVID that you're going to be back in May? Yeah, she's she's been working for this um, group for a, num- a couple of years. So that's when their main season start is May 1st. So she's been presented her contract for the summer. Um, right, and I see. spoken to the, the person that's handling the, the position. And, and uh, Susan, did she earn more than $5,000 in the last year? No, she did not. Um, she was going to be getting a raise this summer, so she was going to be making about 4000 over the summer. Okay. 
Um, but past year, she's made just under 5000 So. And she, she, she's not going to university in September, is she? No, she's not. Okay. She's uh, 16, so... So, so unfortunately, uh, Susan, because she did not make the $5,000 last year or in 2019, if she did either one of those, she'd be able to qualify for the CERB. So uh, unfortunately, because in this situation that she did not meet that threshold, there really is no benefit that's available for her, unfortunately. Uh, it's one of those things that are kind of falling through the cracks, and I'm not blaming anyone, but it's, it's just a reality, Susan. There really is no benefit, a benefit for her. Okay, because I, I was just wondering about the the one that came out um, where they were saying they can make up to $1,000 a month or something if they were uh, like a seasonal part-time employee. So, Yeah, but they still would have had to earn $5,000 last year. Okay, so that's what I wasn't unfortunately, sure Exactly. So, so because yeah. of that, unfortunately, she would not qualify. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Let me uh, get slide Kent in here quickly before we break. Hey, Kent, uh, you got about a minute just to throw the question at us. What's up? Uh, just uh, applying for serve. One of the qualifications is, is that if you have stopped work uh, because of related to COVID, um, I'm, they it's quite vague as to what what that uh, reason or what an acceptable reason would be. Um, in my case, I have a son who has uh, asthma in the house, and I also have a spouse who is uh, who has diabetes. And I was a shuttle driver, and so there was no way of social distancing um, in a shuttle car. I don't know whether that would be a valid reason uh, for stopping work. It, you know, I was um, I ended up uh, they gave me a leave of absence. Um, so on the ROE, it says leave of absence as opposed to quitting because I didn't quit. I've never quit. I just stopped working. So if your employer did not consider you to have resigned, but gave you that leave of absence and now you're not working, then yeah, you would be able to qualify. Your, your employer could hypothetically have said, by the way, well, I understand you have a good reason, no doubt, but because you're not coming into work, we're going to still consider that to be a, a resignation. But because they yes. didn't do that, as long as you 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 had at least more at least five thousand dollars in the previous year, then yes, you can qualify for the CERB now, and that's not a problem. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate that. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, Raj. I see you there. Hang on the line. We'll get to you after a short break, and you want to call as well. We'd love to talk to you, just like how it's been going. Get the information. Get it quickly. Get it properly. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for the next little while, you can go to covidrights.ca as well. We'll continue employment law show right here, CKNW. Yeah, back indeed. It is uh, 604-280-9898 to call through uh, the station here and talk to Lior while the show is still happening after the show. 604-283-3123. And the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Anytime as well, you can also visit pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Amazing website. All kinds of employment law information out there, including the severance calculator. Absolutely free. Can't pay for it if you wanted to. And it's also anonymous unless you want to click the little yellow button at the top. And that'll take you to uh, contact with Lior and a member of his team. Moving on to Raj. Hey, Raj, thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. No problem, guys. Uh, I got a question on the CERB also, I guess kind of like everyone else. Um, yeah. I own my own consulting company. I'm the CEO also, so I'm a T4 employee. Uh, because of COVID-19, um, I have obviously had a major drop in income in my co- for my company. Um, 
so I'm no longer paying myself. Any income that does come in can cover costs, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, I see that like Revenue Canada or the CRA and the government has let it pretty, left it pretty kind of broad and saying, you know, if you've lost income or, or if you've lost your job, well, obviously I have lost income. But, it, but uh, so my whole question is, if I'm not paying myself any longer because my revenue in my company is down, am I CERB eligible? Yes, you are CERB eligible as long as you earn more than $5,000 in the previous year. But keep in mind, because you're self-employed, you know, if at some point CRA determines that you really, all you did is you deferred payment, so you paid yourself later so you can get CRB. I'm not suggesting that's what you're doing, but if yeah, they yeah. determine that, well, then you have, you're going to have to repay the money back. But if you're now not earning in, any income, there's no work for you, uh, then yes, you qualify for the CRB. No, no doubt about that. Okay, because my, my, I mean, it'll be very simple to see because my total top line income into my company, my re- corporate revenue, taxable revenue last year will be much higher than this year. So, I mean, it's pretty Understood. much straight off the top, right? Okay. Yeah, so, so that, as long, that as, I'm not, as, just as, long as I'm not making money and deferring payment just to collect the CERB, I'm okay. You got it. That's exactly right. So, you should absolutely be fine. Raj. Appreciate it, Raj. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out uh, again. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight is the uh, number to call through. Moving on to uh, to Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, just on a similar situation. Uh, I work uh, uh, full time casual uh, with a department with uh, provincial government. Uh, we've been laid off because of the uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, I did apply for the uh, EI, which I'm on, but I also have uh, my own business, uh, which is involved with the film and and event industry. Um, That was uh, taken off the the list uh, on March the 14th. So uh, we can't work in that industry at all. Um, Am I eligible for the emergency uh, fund as well, even though I'm on EI? Uh, with the part-time casual job. So, so no, uh, you're not eligible. You, you cannot receive both for the same period of time, even though I understand you, you essentially had two jobs. So, so right. no, if you're on EI, you, you, you're going to stay on EI, and when the EI runs out, then you can get the CRB if the CRB benefit is still there and if you still qualify. But unfortunately, Dave, you cannot get both for the same period of time. Now, am I eligible for that $1,000 uh, one-time payout? The yes. Government? Yeah. The the emergency uh, uh, amount, the provincial amount. Yes, you can get that. That's if someone is on EI or CRB, it's a one time payment of a thousand dollars that you qualify for. Now, do we do we have to apply for that, or will that go automatically on our EI? No, you have to apply because that's a provincial thing. Uh, it, it's not okay. a federal thing. Whereas the EI is a federal uh, benefit. So through the government of BC website, you'll see the link as to how to apply for that. It's a one time payment. All right. Okay. That's great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. And, uh, man, thank God you're here. This is so confusing. No wonder people are calling in nonstop, I swear. Uh, Sean, how are you? You're, uh, you're next up. Okay, thank you. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your question? Um, I'm an income assistant, and I'm wondering if I'd be able to um, qualify anything in here at all. Uh, so I, I take it that you're not you're not working? No. And has your income changed in any way since COVID-19? Um, uh, the, I think uh, the government added another $300 to what it used to be. I haven't received That's it right. Much. 
but that's automatic. So the government would have added a three hundred dollars extra to your benefits. But if you if you're not working, then unfortunately there's no other benefit. The other benefits are tied to working and losing your job or losing your income. So if you're not working before or now, then no, you, you wouldn't qualify for anything else. Unfortunately, Sean. Okay. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. We got uh, yeah. We still got some time. We're going to move on down the list. It is six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight to call in, ask your questions. Lonnie, thank you for hanging on. Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. Um, my my question is regarding the Canadian emergency wage subsidy that has recently been announced and taking effect very soon. Yes. And I do work in a unionized environment, so I'm more just trying to raise awareness that this situation is happening and I believe it would be an unintended um, consequence. And in at my employer, the senior employees who are normally entitled to protection from layoffs or reduced working hours, um, they are intentionally reducing their hours in order to get the wage subsidy. And so my question is, is that wage subsidy intended for those individuals who have work to intentionally reduce their hours to get a piece of the subsidy and not work as much? So I, I don't think it, that's what's happening only because it, it, to qualify for the wage subsidy, you don't need to reduce anyone's hours. It doesn't help the employer in any way. To, to qualify for it, you have to show that you've had a, a reduction in income uh, there's a threshold, and if you show that reduction in income, you qualify. Once you get the subsidy, they have to pay it to the employees. So whether or not they, the employees are sitting at home and they're paying them or they're working and they're paying them, the company's not going to benefit if they reduce their hours. So I don't think that's what they're doing. It, it would not change whether they qualify or they don't qualify for the wage subsidy. Well, yeah, my, but what my employer is doing is they're disregarding our our collective agreement, and they're they're letting the senior workers who normally have the full-time hours to reduce their hours. And they're, they're, they're kind of forcing the junior employees to come in who normally under the agreement would be required to stay at home because there's not enough work. So Lonnie, if your employer is breaching the collective agreement, you have to talk to the union. It's the union's only responsibility to, uh, to enforce that collective agreement, and they're the only ones right. that are allowed to do it. So you must, must do that. But what I can tell you is whether or not they're breaching the collective agreement, uh, it really has nothing to do with the, the wage subsidy because that, that really one of the, those two things are not related. But certainly your employer should not breach the collective agreement, no doubt. So you have to talk to your union about that as soon as possible. Lonnie, appreciate the call. Moving on here, 604-280-9898. We'll get to him. Jim, thanks for hanging on. Hello. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. I have a... Last year, in 2019, I had to go on stress leave from my job in May, and I was off on EI. And eventually, when the EI ran out, I still wasn't able to go back to work because of the stress. So I thought I would take some time off. And now that... It's 2020, and I was ready to go back to work. I'm unable to find a job in my industry. I was wondering if I'm eligible for the CREB benefit. So uh, you can't find a job. When did you get off EI again? May th- or I went on on May 31st, and I was on for 15 weeks. And when it came time, that ran out. I had to make so, a decision if I was going to head back to work or not. Jim, what happened to your previous job, the job you had when I you had, went on EI? Uh, 
I ended up resigning from that job. Okay. So because you don't have a job and because you got off EI before January of this year, then unfortunately you don't qualify for the CERB. If you had been on EI in January up, uh, or later, then you would have qualified. Otherwise, you don't. If you still had your old job and they said you can't come into work, then you would again qualify. But because you don't have a job and because you got off EI before January, sorry, Jim, you do not qualify for the CERB. I wish I had better news for you. Jim, appreciate the call. We're going to go there. We've got to take a short break uh, at this time. We'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Hang on, Steve, Rick, Richard, Linda. We'll get to you all and your phone call, 604-280-9898. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show on CKNW. Yeah, we are back here. Feel free to uh, call back if you got disconnected. We're uh, we're back at it. Taking your calls, 604-280-9898. Important stuff. Your questions always are. Uh, Rick, thank you for hanging through the news there, pal. How are you? Oh, no problem. I am very well. Thank you. Uh, listen, I got a question. I'm retired, and also my pension is very small, and I'm self-employed to make it up so I can make a living. And I draw CPP and old age pension. Am I, am I eligible for federal help? You are, absolutely, as long as you're not making more than $1,000 and as long as you earned at least $5,000 in the last year. The fact that you're receiving a CPP pension does not prevent you from getting the CERB. So you can apply for the CERB. Uh, you can also apply for the, uh, once you're on it, you can also apply for the uh, emergency benefit for workers, which is a one-time payment of $1,000. Uh, so yeah, you can absolutely go ahead and do that, Rick. Wow, but my my question, my problem is my pension is just eleven hundred a month, so it's a little bit more than uh, than the minimum. No, you're you're not understanding. Your pen, your pension does not count towards it. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's only the work, the, the income that you get from work. So whether you get eleven hundred or ten thousand dollars from your pension, that does not count. So you don't, you can completely ignore your pension. Oh, okay. So I'm eligible because, uh, like I said, I am. I'm not working because I, I get a message from the people when I am working. Then I can't work till the COVID nineteen mm-hmm. will be finished. Sure. Yep. So yes, you you can apply for the CRB, and the pension is not going to interfere with that. Nicely done, Rick. Thank you for calling in. It's six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Get to Richard now. Hi, Richard. How are hey, you, Richard? Good, Thank pal. You. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, self-employment, I've been trying to navigate through uh, the various websites for the vague information that they have. Like, I'm a small, self-employed individual. You know, I make enough for me, put a little bit away in the bank, which has now been stretched out because we have to revamp everything and how everything is done, right? Like, uh, we have to duplicate equipment and so on and so forth. But, you know, I don't, from what I can read, I don't qualify for... You know, sure, I can do the CRB, you know, um, get the 2000, yay. But that doesn't do, <laughs> it just, <laughs> you know, you can't stretch that far enough to get, you know, uh, spend $1,000 on equipment to be able to make that, you know, to go back into a situation where you can actually earn a living again. So, you know, and through the traditional bank, what the government is allowing is the 40000 but it doesn't allow for guys like me who kind of fall under that is there anything out there that you're aware of that does help the little guys like me 
so uh, depending on your business, there's a rent deferral coming or, or at least help with your rent. Uh, there's also some tax uh, deferrals that, are, that, that have been implemented that allow you to defer any money owing and even filing your taxes. Uh, beyond that, uh, beyond the CRB, uh, there's no other benefit that directly puts money in your pocket. And I agree with you completely. Given the type of work, the fact you're, you're kind of on your own and you don't have employees, uh, you don't get the loan. So there's not as much available for you, Richard, unfortunately. But you may want to consider the CRB if you can't earn any income right now or if you're earning very little. That may at least put some money in the bank. Yeah, it is definitely uh, depreciated. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. And what was that one-time thing? I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear anything. So, about- so the, the the government of BC has implemented for people that are either on EI or getting CRB a one-time payment of a thousand dollars. But in your situation, because you're not, if you if you do get the CRB, then you'd be able to qualify for that as well. It's a one-time pay- payment for a thousand dollars, which you can apply through the government of BC. Thank you, Richard, for your time. Moving on here, 604-280-9898. Get to, uh, to Michelle. Michelle's been waiting. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good. Um, I'm just on maternity leave, and it ends in a couple of weeks. Um, so I have a job to go back to. It's a federal government job. Um, but um, I might have to stay home for my kids due to daycare because they're so young. Um, would I still qualify for the CRB if I opt to stay home? Yes, if you have a child that you have to care for because of the fact that there's no other child care available, then you do qualify for the CERB. That's one of the categories. So that, that would not be a problem. And uh, the, the money, so there's a threshold of $5,000 that you need in order to qualify for the CRB, but EI maternity benefits count towards that. So yes, you will be able to qualify for the CRB if you choose to stay home with your children, given the fact that there's no other child care. So... Um I won't later on have to pay it back um, if they say, well, I chose not to go back to work because no, of that reason no, or anything no, like you, that? You, you would not, and, and your employer can't let you go because of this, and uh, you qualify for the CRB, and no, you don't have to pay it back. It's not a loan, so uh, you, you do qualify if you have a child that now doesn't have care. Uh, yes, you, you can absolutely apply and get it. So do I need um, um, an ROE for that, or do I just have to take an LWAP or a leave, um, a leave of absence from work from that? You or? do not need you, you do not need a record of employment. Uh, I'll leave it to your employer to decide whether they want to issue. But to apply for the CRB, you do not need a record of employment. But make sure you tell your employer and in writing that you're taking the time off because of this, not because you want more time, not because uh, you, you don't want to work. It's because of the fact that you have to care for your children. As long as you say that, then they know you're fine. Michelle, appreciate that. It's uh, 604-280-9898. We'll get to a couple more before we take a break and uh, roll on. Patrick, hello there. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. I uh, worked sure. part-time in... Two, yes, thank you. I worked I worked part-time in 2019, um, made made over the $5,000 um, in 2019, but I did not return to uh, work uh, this year um, for, for many reasons. But um, my part-time employer has closed up the closed up the business. Do I do I qualify for the CRB? If you didn't lose your job because of the virus, then you do not. If you, if it was a situation where uh, you were not working for this company in any event before the virus hits, then no. Unfortunately, Patrick, you would not qualify uh, uh, for for the CRB. So, uh, sorry, could you clarify? If I did not work, uh, sorry, I, I did work for the. Co- 
you were not working when part. the virus hit, right? You were not. You didn't lose your job because of the virus. Uh, no, I lost because. Uh, no, they. But the the business closed down because of the virus. No, but but when it closed down, you weren't an employee of the of that company. Uh, no, that's correct. That's the, the point. So you did you did not lose your job because of the virus, and because you didn't lose your job because of the virus, then you don't qualify. Patrick, thank you for the call and your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. The number is 604-280-9898 to call and ask your questions as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email address if you choose to use that at, uh, at any time. Kareen, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, go ahead. Um, my question is I've worked in the hospitality management for 29 years. Um, lost my job on the 17th of March when we had to shut down the business. Um, still have no employment and no future return date. Um, mm. Curious if I qualify for a severance. So the business is closed because of the virus, but I guess the plan is to reopen it. Uh, is that right? Yes. So you have the so essentially you're on a temporary layoff, and and your question is is a very good one because as someone that's on a temporary layoff, you do have the right to treat that temporary layoff as a termination. Not a question about that. Now you said you've been there for twenty somewhat years. Yeah, twenty nine. So yeah, severance for you would be about two years' pay, twenty four months' pay. So your options really are to to not do anything and stay at, you know at home at this point, and if you get called back to work, go back to work. Or you can treat that as a termination and pursue severance right now. Again, two years pay. And that's completely your decision. And legally, you're absolutely able to do that. If you'd like to yeah. do that, Corinne, let's, you and I chat off here and let's put in place the, uh, the motion, uh, put uh, the motions in place to get you that severance. Okay. Thank you. That answers my question. Thank you. You bet. That's uh, that's why we're here, Kareen. Here is that number. Please use it and contact uh, Lior and the firm, 604-283-3123. I'll give it to you again, 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a quick break here. Bob, Mary, get to you guys and your phone calls as well. you still got some time. Come on in, 604-280-9898. That's the number, Employment Law Show, CKNW. Yeah, reaching out afterwards is simple as well, 604-283-3123 to put you in touch with Lior and his, and his crew. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, and any time you want to use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. To Mary. Hi, Mary. Thanks for hanging on. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, my question sure. is, that because I, I work for a union company, I'm a union member, and we have exempt staff that are not. Um, and they've taken a 10% pay cut, and I understand that that's kind of the max that the employer can go asking management to take that. But are they protected from being suspended at this point if they've accepted the 10% pay cut? Or is that still something that possibly could happen? So first of all, Mary, th th there really isn't a 10% pay cut that your employer can do in a unionized environment. There will be a breach of the collective agreement. So all no, those no, they're, issues... No, the exempt staff are not under the collective agreement. I see. management. So the exempt staff are, are management. Okay. So yeah. you're at, wondering if they could be suspended or laid off? Or laid off. Okay. So yeah. Are they subject I, to layoff as well as that 10% cut? 
Well, if we're talking about non-unionized employee, a layoff is illegal, period. Whether they took a pay cut or didn't take a pay cut, in the sense that an employer's not allowed to implement a pay cut, really what I mean is an employee can treat that as a termination. And that's the same whether right. there's a pay cut or no pay cut. So those individuals have an option. They can go on a layoff or they can treat that layoff as a termination and get their severance. And that's true, again, regardless of any pay cut. Okay. So the, the exempt staff, the, the employees that are exempt from the collective agreement, taking a 10% pay cut doesn't protect them nor uh, support their position? It, it, it's, it doesn't change anything. The law protects them in the sense that the law says an employer does not actually have a right to lay someone off temporarily. So if that's not something that they want to accept, their, their choice is to, to leave essentially employment and get severance and happy to chat with anyone that wants to do that. Mary, thank you. Got a bunch of calls to get through. Yeah, if, you're, if your colleagues want to reach out for sure, 604-283-3123. Going to uh, move on down the line here. I believe uh, Mike is uh, is waiting. Uh, hi, Mike. How are you? Yeah, hi. I'm uh, fine. Uh, just wondering about uh, EI. I'm in a higher tax bracket, and it says that they claw back 30%, but some other places say that they can claw back 100% off it. And just incidentally, uh, uh, old age security, I have all that clawed back. So I was wondering if I can expect the same for me. I'm getting uh, $2,000 a month. Am I going to have to give them back the 2000 So uh, your, your, how much you owe on taxes depends on, obviously, your, your income. You would never have to pay back the $2,000. Uh, but in terms of how much of it, You'd have to talk to your accountant. It depends on your income and, and what else is going on with your with your taxes. So I, I can't answer that, but it's certainly not going to be ever 100%. No chance of that. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Well, that feel, makes me feel uh, a bit better uh, because mm-hmm. I was surprised this latest uh, time I paid my income tax. I lost all my old age security. I understand. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the uh, the phone call. Moving on down the line to uh, to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. What's uh, what's under my? Um, I'm curious about how our employer can apply the wage subsidy to us. Um, they've offered mm-hmm. to pay us eight forty seven for two days of work to come in for two days, which is fine. And then if we end up, we we work on a hourly rate. So, and if there's calls out for us to go do more work, they will pay us up to a total of $2,000. If we earn more than that in that week, they will start clawing back off the 847 to keep the total at a $2,000. Okay. So, one, I'm curious, can they claw back? And two, a lot of our guys work a lot of overtime, so they have bank time. They've asked to just top up to the $2,000 out of their bank time, and the employers told them that it's like EI, they can't pay out that money to do it that way. So, so uh, with respect to the, the banked overtime, that, that's nonsense. They can do that. Absolutely. Now, in terms of okay. the subsidy, all, all EI, or sorry, the government is going to pay the employer up to that $847. That money has to go to, uh, to the employee. That money cannot be kept by the employer. As long as they pay that money to the employee, then they've Legally, they've done what they're supposed to. Anything that they do yeah. beyond that, paying them extra, that that's up to the employer and the employee to agree to. 
But from a legal standpoint, as long as the 847 goes to the employee and employee, and the employer is not saying, "Well, we're getting 847, but we're paying you 500," then the employer is fine from a legal standpoint. Yeah, that I understand. So he'll be claiming back. Well, depending how he plays it with the wage payout, he may work it to get 100 percent of the wages instead of just 75 percent, right. and get the 660 of the 847 he's they've offered to pay us. But can he? put a cap on that $2,000 because most of our guys will be making between five and 6,000 every two weeks before. So about $3,000 a pay period or a week. And my understanding is the nature of that is to ensure everybody to pre pandemic levels. So to them to put a cap at $2,000 and stop the guys from earning more than that, are they allowed to do that? No, they're not. But that's absolutely nothing to do with the subsidy. By doing that, they're changing the terms of employment, and that's a constructive dismissal. So all that means is that the guys have the uh, the opportunity to, if they want to, to treat that as a termination. So there's no way to actually stop the employer from doing that. But despite that, it is not something they're allowed to do. So the options are you do what the employer says or you treat that as a termination and require yeah. your employer to pay severance. But those are the only okay. options, Aaron. We're, we're a union structure, unfortunately. So I see. Um, then, that then no, doesn't then, quite then work you... that way. Yeah. No. So, um, but the other fact of the matter is, so if we said no and we don't agree with this, and what I think the employer will say is, then okay, fine, we're just going to shut her down for now, and everybody collect the CERB yeah. for the five hundred dollars. Well, that, that's something um, you got to chat with your, with your right union to do about, as well, right? Pardon? Yeah, certainly, your employer can shut it down for sure, yeah. absolutely. But you want to yeah. talk to your union before you do anything on that. If, uh, I didn't know your unionized. Your union is the only one that really can advise you in terms of what's right and what's wrong. Thanks, Aaron. Going to uh, boogie on down to uh, to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's on your mind, man? Um, I just had a question uh, from the employer side. So I have a small company. We've been able to keep. Um, four of our five staff working very close to full-time hours. And um, my question is when applying for the government wage subsidy uh, with respect to proving your loss of revenue, um, like we're a maintenance company operating mostly on monthly contracts. And then we typically would say top up something in the neighborhood of 25% of our business plus, potential growth each year with extra projects and one-time projects so we've basically scaled it back to just doing only maintenance uh just trying to keep social distancing at work and follow the rules as best we can but it's gonna make it a little tricky for us to show the decrease in revenue even though there for sure is one because we're not taking on extra work is there do you know if there's any way of using that explanation to prove a decrease in revenue? So the reality is that you, you actually have to show numbers, but you have two options. You can either uh, compare revenues to the average of January and February of this year, or you can choose to compare it to the applicable month last year. So you can use one of those methods, but whatever method you, you use, you have to kind of stick with that method. So if one of those methods shows uh, for March a reduction of 15% in revenue, and beyond that in, in April, uh, April and May at 30%, then you do qualify. But no, beyond that, you, you actually have to show a monetary reduction in revenue of at least 15%. Jeff, I hope that answers your question. Got to move on to one more call here. Get to uh, Ram. Hi, Ram. How are you? Well, hi there. Uh, good evening. Uh, it's a good show. Thank you for um, Thank you. Uh, taking all the call. Um, sure. Just, uh, I have a quick question. Um, uh, I'm an uh, um, 
employer. I, I run a two uh, small businesses. Um, one is like, you know, uh, involves um, rental, including um, uh, residential and commercial. The other one, you know, small uh, professional service. So my question is, you know, am I eligible to apply uh, to two of the federal, federal benefits in terms of the business loans? Um, uh, that's one of my questions. I will come to the second question once you answer this. With the business loan, you, you can apply if you have a payroll of uh, between 20000 and and $1.5 million per year. You can apply for the 40000 business loan, absolutely. Sure, but, uh, you know, like as uh, with the residential and um, commercial rental, I don't have any payrolls involved. Um, then, with respect to, to that business, then you cannot apply, unfortunately, with respect to that business. I see. I see. You need to have a payroll for that. Exactly. Um, Ram, going to appreciate that. I'm going to leave you there. I'm going to try to take Cam in here. Final call of the uh, the day. Cam, you got a quick question. Go for it. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm my, one of my friends uh, have a, got a paycheck from about eight months ago from the employer and forgot to deposit in the bank. Uh, now they found the check and they went to bank to deposit. The, the bank did not deposit that. Then they asked the employer to pay that money back, but the employer said no, it's, uh, they can't have that. So the best option is to file a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch. They have to pay the money. There's no choice. So they can do that, or they can get me to send a letter, but the employer has to pay the money, even though the employee didn't deposit it for a while. And that'll, uh, that'll do it. Thanks, y'all, for the phone calls. You want to reach out uh, now that we're done to Lior and the firm, 604-283-3123, the phone number. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. For the next uh, foreseeable future, you can get a lot of information from covidrights.ca. And like having a lawyer with you at all times, check this one out. Absolutely free to use as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.